show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And pay for a jib-jab pro account. That's right. Today we're talking about that spray tan situation and the car rental racket plus the accountant imposter practice. Sure, sure to all of that, but let's not overlook the old bankruptcy biz, the landscaping line of work, or the college paper surrogate scribe. Jesus. Yeah. Ah. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle and Jason Bieber. On this episode, we are talking to an amazing couple of creators and hustlers. First, one of my favorite humans. She is a stunt woman and a fitness guru. He's a writer and an attorney. And individually, they are Katie Horning and Eric Sams, but together they are simply adorable. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Katie and Eric. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, hi. That was way too nice of an introduction for, that either of us deserve. Let's do it again. Let's do the bad one. Yeah. These people showed up on Zoom today, so uh, let's talk to them. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I have to say, when Katie wrote me that she cleaned jizz out of car cups, all the coffee in my mouth flew across the room. It was crazy. We're like, we should probably talk to them on the show. We should probably talk to them on the show. <laughs> Um, cause this, I feel like, I feel like I was, so you guys have listened to the show before. I've talked about it before. I had this moment where I was cleaning houses and it was for this old man and I would clean this old man's house. And I literally felt like I was cleaning jizz off his toilet constantly. And I was like, what, this isn't fair. Why am I doing this? Yeah, why is he not putting it in the toilet? Cause he's an old man. Um, let's talk about this for a second. Let's back up for one. <laughs> he couldn't make it. So so the open the lid, man. You can see. You so thought it was old guys just jizzing Use everywhere. Use tissue. Use yeah. tissue. Ah. I'm so sorry. There's toilet paper right there. There's so many options in the bathroom. Once you're in the right. bathroom, there's no excuse. And it just the email really made me laugh and think about some of the horrible things that people don't know that you do when you're in a service industry, in any industry, but in a service industry. I worked at Starbucks and I, I, someone told me, Jamie, you have to clean the bathroom. And I was like, I'm not OSHA certified. And they were like, just go to the bathroom. You have to clean it. And someone had taken a shit in the middle of the bathroom. <gasps> Nowhere near the toilet. Nope. And no. I, I just came out and said, I'm not doing it. And I just put my apron down and left for the day because I was mm -hmm. like, fuck you. I work three jobs. I have college education plus more than a college education like i'm not doing this not that that qualifies me not to clean up someone's shit listen i have a six-year-old i've cleaned up a lot of shit but when you walk into a starbucks bathroom and someone shits in the middle of the room what do you do you throw the apron down you, you go back and change your order to a decaf <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> This is, this is my question though, Jamie, because I've also cleaned up fair amounts of poop and shit. Was it like solid or and was you it? You don't have children. Right. <laughs> well, but Mudge, Mudge is a, I mean, he poops That's true. Everywhere. Like if it was solid and you could just like plop it in or so it had to have been just a, a nightmare. It was soft serve yogurt. It was after oh, a coffee. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no one who has healthy bowel movements is pooping in the middle of the floor. <laughs> That's true. In a I public mean, Starbucks. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I go over it a lot in my head and I realize 
But this is why locks came into play at Starbucks. We like, they lock bathrooms down. So we, I guess, so we can go across the person that left the shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were the last one that asked for the code. Um, Track them. There is a certain amount of, I think, uh, like, if you're ordering from Starbucks, like, you're not going to go take a shit in the middle of the bathroom. So it was obviously somebody who came in and, you know, had some issue and then snuck back out. I'm just going to bring up just so we're all on, on the same page here that this is a podcast where we talk to our guests about the jobs they've done. Okay. No, but I I wanted listening to so many episodes. I've I've had so many more questions for you guys about your jobs and like that where I'm just like the crazy stuff that happens and you just hold it in. And now I'm like glad we can talk about shit in Starbucks. That- well, but we're like two minutes in and we've already covered jizz and shit. So like this true. is true. But what we haven't covered is what job you were doing where you encountered all the jizz and right. shit. Well, two two different. Well, so the main one was Enterprise Rent a Car. That was when we were in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, yeah. So calling out the Enterprise. Main staple in the jizz and shit industry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We the branch I was at was not in the best area. Like people would rent the cars and just do drug deals, and like we would have to go exactly. to the town lot, and like cars would be like shot in, and sometimes cup holders were jizzed in. Sometimes there was like people would take chapsticks and just shove them in. Like, I'm like, are they just trying to make it really hard for us to clean out? Like, Wait, where the they shove the chapsticks? In the cup holders. Like, just lots oh, of chapsticks just melt. In. Yes. Mm. Yeah, they would melt. It, it, a lot of times, well, this is secondhand, but, like, a lot of these were used as movie cars because this is when Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, like, oh, yeah, a they, lot of things were filming in Pittsburgh. They were filming The Dark Knight in Pittsburgh. They were filming... We weren't a part of The Dark Knight. We were, we were there before Dark Knight. This was Warrior because somebody, I remember having to drive to the airport because they locked the keys in the car. I'm like, the airport's like 30 minutes from our branch. You can't just... And they're like, nope. And I was like, oh. So sometimes it was uh, jizz, but sometimes it was like bags of cocaine that oh, may, yeah. may or may not that we did been, find uh, used by well, that makes up for it Pins, yeah what well, is happening one of the car preps <laughs> took the bag of cocaine uh i did however get uh one score was i was doing a lot of um tanning at the time in pittsburgh it was winter and the building we lived in had a tanning bed and it was like the one source of happiness when it's like so dark and sad and cold so um a huge score was nick nolte was shooting i don't even know what he was there for but it was definitely his car that i got it was um, warrior he was shooting up in one of your cars yeah that was well i'm not gonna say that but he left his tanning um really expensive tanning oil and like a lotion like an after bronze and i was like this is easily like 40 dollars and score because it score oh yeah yeah so was, i well, used she, it i used, used all of it, it. yeah <laughs> and yeah, that, that, that nice nulty glow for uh, glow. Couple weeks everybody there. wants that that bronzed uh godlike look of nick nulty there and this is one other thing i don't know if you can name drop a lot but i'm doing it anyways um the coolest thing was somebody left their wallet and there was no cash or anything and obviously like we're not going to use like the cards or whatever but um it was uh for mysteries of pittsburgh yeah and it was peter stars cards and he did have a starbucks card and oh so he, gosh. Like, he bought me a six dollar worth of like coffee and then nice. he took a shit in the middle of the bathroom we <laughs> 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 figured it out Jamie. So. <laughs> going back to the starbucks really quick you guys remember that they had an orange mocha Valen- it was called valencia oh. drink and it was orange and chocolate no. no, that's probably why people got sick to their stomach. But anyways, yeah. going back. Okay, Peter Sarsgaard left his wallet in a car, an Enterprise car? Mm-hmm. 
So we had for a long time on our little uh, whiteboard that we had in our kitchen, we had stuck to a magnet his SAG card, Peter Sarskar's SAG card. But destroyed, literally destroyed everything. I tried, we tried to like go through the production. It was after they wrapped it and it was like way under a seat that probably didn't get seen for forever, but just Mm -hmm. obviously canceled, like did not use any of the other cards, but it was the Starbucks card. I'm like, oh, well, this is going to get thrown away. What's on here? And then his SAG card, that was pretty cool. Because we were like, oh, SAG. So if he's listening, we still have your SAG card. You can come get no, it. No, I think we gave it to Clay. Oh, right. We gave it away. We gave Sorry. it as a, a friend who likes We should, him. we'll tag Peter Sarsgaard in the, no. the social media in this episode so he knows what happened to his his what? wayward errant <laughs> SAG <laughs> card <laughs> and $6 of Starbucks. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's a really interesting one that we still carry around a SAG card because you can't use it for anything. So I don't know why it's not digital. It's like, why do yeah. we have this? Like a credit card that's just bulking in our wallets. But also, they never change, except when it went to SAG AFTRA, which oh. just added AFTRA to the end of SAG. So it's like, well, if you're going to make me carry the card, can you make it dynamic and artistic and like cool each time? Yeah. But no, it's the same card but just with gonna, a new date on it. If we're going to vent about our SAG cards, how about the fact that they mail us a new one every year every year every six months really i don't know i feel like it's every 15 minutes i get a new sag card <laughs> seriously it's a lot oh well see i see i don't know that not, but that also makes me feel better because now i was like god this was like 13 years ago i'm like he's probably like what if he had to renew and had to go through a whole thing to get a new sag card oh no awful. okay i am surprised to know he even carried it for i am too i'm just gonna say it I was like god i can't even, i've taken it out of my wallet and they'll say like <laughs> My you book me on a job, maybe I'll carry it to set with me, but my God, what is it good for? Nobody ever asked you, do you have your SAG card? Are you really an actor? It's not, it, there's no badge proof in it. Like, I wish there was. It doesn't even have your picture on it. You get no discounts. Yeah. What discounts am I getting with it? I can't show it for anything. That sucks. Yeah, that's... I know you. I'll send you all of mine. I've kept them all. Yeah, I'll make I'll make a little folder file. The, the weird thing is, they I keep paying the fee every year for my California attorney's license, which is also a card. Yeah, and they just stopped sending me them like three or four years ago. And those you actually do need to show to uh, sure. get to a courthouse. So, uh, if I was still practicing, that might be a problem. But I just pay <laughs> the fee every year and and take it on faith that I'm still an attorney. Right? Yeah, yeah you. I mean, are you? So are you practicing right now? No. No, no, I haven't. I haven't practiced for five years. He keeps. He still keeps paying and doing the whatever CLEs like for both here in Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, course, I totally I mean, would. If you've passed the bar and you're and you can, you're qualified to be a practicing attorney. I mean, I know people who just don't pass the bar, so they're always just what is it? A lawyer? They're not an attorney, right? You have to pass the bar to be practicing. That's what I'm not even sure that I, they technically. I don't think they'd be a lawyer or an attorney, but or an esquire. Maybe went I don't, to law I school. They went, went to, they law, went to school. graduate law school, but never passed the bar. Well, see, there you go. I learned something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you learned it. I think we just ascertained. We threw it on you. We put it upon exactly. you. You should know. You're you passed. Full, it's okay. There's disclosure. a lot of things I don't know that I have degrees in, and I'm like, I don't know. Well, that, I, I don't need to know because yeah. I passed. That's right. 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 That's what I want to hear from my attorney. No, I think you can practice. <laughs> I think you could practice law if you went to law school, but you can't um, be an attorney. You can't actually. Um, I guarantee you that whatever mm-hmm. you're trying to say right now is wrong. It's wrong. Don't listen uh, to me. It's <laughs> wrong about but everything. You, you, so you put down being an attorney oh, right. or different types of being attorney, different types of attorneyship as some of your side hustles. You yeah. said 
you are a bankruptcy attorney, you are yeah. a special education attorney. That's right. Um, I mean, like, I don't know a lot of people who are attorneys on the side. I do. They're called writers. But let's talk about you. Yeah, that's yes. what I would tell you. Uh, so, Thanks, side hustle, yeah. it, it was more like a pre-hustle. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it was, I mean, an attorney, when you are practicing, it is definitely a full-time gig. Yeah. Uh, but it was always something, you know, I... I got to about my junior year of college. I ha- was an English major and I was in Ohio. And oh, you made your first mistake, Ohio. But keep going. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ohio, exactly. I'm dick on Ohio. I'm, I'm from Michigan. I don't know. <laughs> keep going. No, well, Ohio is a, no, a garbage place. He um, Ohio State. Oh, you. Oh, you. Bobcats. Very different. So I, I just kind of realized, like, oh, I have no idea what I want to do with this degree. Uh, and, you know, I grew up in a family where it was like, well, if, if you can become a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, one of those professions, then go ahead, give it a shot. Nothing about, you know, what do you want to do? What do you think you'd be good at? What would fulfill you? It's just like, no, no, no. These are the things. Right. So I took the LSAT and applied to law school and got in. And then it's, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm in. And then about two years in, you're like, oh, but do I want to be in? Did I, do I, I did this thing. Uh, and the answer of course is no, right. but by then you're about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. So all that to say, like you graduate law school, they hand you the degree, they hand you the bill and they say, good luck. Well, and they you, don't let you have a job during that time either too. So like, you can't work cause it's too stressful. And it's like, you, well, you can, have all but these it's loans. not, it's, it's not really sustainable. Oh, um, right. So right. You're usually yeah. interning in an office or something, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's intern. Yeah. Right. Uh, So I did a little bit of document review uh, and then I did bankruptcy. um, Even though I told this guy, I was like, I had no, I have no experience in bankruptcy. He hired me and (laughs) said, it's fine. We'll, we'll train you. And my first day in the office, he walked me around the office and uh, said, this is Eric. He'll be taking over for. Well, she was a senior partner. She was there like 40 years. He was saying to all the other lawyers, I'll be taking over for her. And I was like, well, hang on. I, <laughs> I told you in the interview, I, I never did a bankruptcy course in law school. Like I thought I would be getting coffee. Delivery <laughs> mail. It was, and I, I remember at the time, like this was when you were starting to get incredibly stressed because I was driving around downtown Pittsburgh and, and sometimes we'd have to drop the cars for like the nicer buildings downtown and then like either walk back to the branch or run back depending on if we're late. Um, and somebody st- it was, I think it was Katrina stopped me. She was also a lawyer at the time and is like, is Eric okay? And I was like, I, what are you talking? I got it. And she was like, I just saw him sprinting down. What was it? Like fifth street, Grant. Grant street at the briefcase and like sweating in a full suit. And I was like, Oh no, I don't know, but I'll have to find out later. Cause, and then I went like later that night when I saw you home, I was like, what happened today? And I got I got halfway down the street to a uh, trustee hearing in a chapter seven bankruptcy and realized I forgot all the client files back at the office. So my stomach hurts. My stomach hurts listening. I had to sprint. Chapter seven, by the way, we have we happen to know from a script we recently wrote. That is the immediate closure and everything. It's not chapter eight. Liquidation of everything. It's a bad immediate liquidation. That's right. Uh, And so this guy, you know, I show up. And I'm pouring sweat. And his first question to me is, 
you have you ever done one of these before? I was like, oh yeah, all the time. I'm th this is I'm, I was trained for this. Yeah, I'm um, and I'm a partner in this law firm, and I I've been doing this for years. But of course, it was the very first one I had ever done. So law firm bankruptcy. Did we finish the story? I love how you start sentences so naturally. <laughs> uh, well, you were talking for a moment about being a fitness person. I think, you know, let's talk about your your work as a fitness person. I mean, yeah. this is, so this is interesting because like you're, Katie is, I'd say primarily, that's like your your target is, is to grow your fitness brand. Am I right? It's fitness. Yes. But yeah. also uh, attempting to like be a stunt person, even though I am now in my middle age years where it's she like, is not middle aged one one producer called her middle aged and i almost had a heart attack because she is not middle aged she's not nobody, even near middle aged nobody wants to see me falling downstairs but i'm like my body double does it matter if i just don't i needed to look like the person who cares about how old i am i could be 100 and still right anyway um so yes primarily fitness love love to love to fit that sounds so dumb but love to help people who <laughs> might need help because especially in la the whole gym situation obviously is different now but it's hard to go and be comfortable around other people who are maybe all 20 year old bulimic like you know what i mean so just i want to help be a person that can help other people without being intimidated or feel like they have to look or sound or act a certain way um because it does help i don't know i don't know no, it does. I mean, we yeah. we both, you know, full disclosure for all you listeners, Jamie and I both work out with Katie. We we've for, for years, seven years, seven, seven years. years. I mean, years? we started out doing your spin years. classes, eight years ago, um, the Treehouse Studio, yeah, yeah, at the Treehouse Studio, and and then in Eagle Rock, and and now we're doing Pilates online, and this mm -hmm. is something that I want everyone to know about is that Katie teaches Pilates, you know, Matt and reformer pilates if you happen to have a reformer machine in your house <laughs> online over okay, zoom okay. multiple days a week it's like it's a great schedule it's affordable it's in, like it's it's okay. doable and it works and i i want to know are you and she's amazing and she's amazing but you're building this this business to get out of working in studios under other people where you yeah, don't have the freedom to pursue other goals in Correct. this industry. Yeah, well, because everything I mean, as you guys know, it's 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 wonderful to be able to be around people and have that energy and actually but now it's just there's things have changed in the fitness world and gyms and studios got hit hard. Everyone got hit hard in different ways. But um, there's a lot of stuff that is ge just genuinely like never going to be the same again. And it's gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I should just be doing like, there's so many middle things in between that we don't have control over. I'm like, okay, if you're at home and you can breathe without having to have somebody next to you and do that, I'm just like, okay, I think that's a smarter route for everybody. If, if they can be okay with working out at home on online, because that's also hard to do too, where it's like, if you're not in person, having somebody yell at you, but it's just, I'm trying to get it as close as I can. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you're framing it you know, I want to give you more credit than you're giving yourself or and give this platform more credit than you're giving it because <laughs> you know what? Yes, it is it is nice to be at home and not you know be breathing other people's sweat and air in. But also yeah. it's nice to not have to drive to the gym, find yeah. parking, you know, deal with the a million, you know, having a 30 or 45 minute Pilates class take three hours out of your day. Yeah. 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 
versus, hey, it's time, turn on the camera, right? You know, do your thing, hop in your own shower when you're done. It's it has gotten me doing, you know, gotten us doing this workout four days a week, five days a week, whereas at best it would have been one or two days a week. And we'd have so much guilt because it would have been like three times more expensive and then like you know, struggling to who gets to go and who watches the kid and how does that work? And and because it's Zoom and not um, and not a tape or a DVD or whatever, yeah. it's interactive. It's still interactive. You're still getting, um, you know, you're still correcting form. I and can still yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> yell at me. I get yelled at every yeah. day and I and, feel great. And you can mute me though. That's the thing too. If you're like, I'm tired of you talking about my right knee wobbling in. It's well, thanks guys. It's, it's, I know it's like a change versus like being in person, but there are, yeah, the benefits, especially where if like, oh, you're running late, you got to hop in 10 minutes after, or you got to leave five minutes or like, it's not a big deal. Just exit the zoom. And like now with the studios, a lot of the protocols are after 10 minutes, lock the doors. And it's like, I still can't do that because if somebody's rushing, it's already like they're stressed, they're spending money. And then if I lock them out literally, and then they get dinged for the class price, then they're pissed because they spent their day to try. Like, it's all the things where I'm like, yeah, that's too much anxiety. Just on, on internet, easier, easy peasy. Not to mention the fact that for those of us who were actually made to the class on time are now locked in. (laughs) You can't leave. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, I, look, I don't make the, these are not my studio. Like, this is, I think the LA fire department makes the rules. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. And, and you might be breaking I mean, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not the owner of that. Like, no, I'm, I, oh. I'm sure it's <laughs> you know? I do remember when I was teaching at Rev that yeah. um, I wanted to lock the front doors because there's nobody manning the front desk. And Naira was like, no, you can't do that. It's a fire issue. You have to leave the door unlocked. Oh, yeah. Crap. So, um, because I, I said, People, you know, at, at six o'clock in the morning or, or seven o'clock, I guess I was really? seven, but still it was like, it's early. It's, you know, in the middle of the winter. So it's not, it's just eerie. And uh, there's nobody, there's one person in charge of all these people. And sometimes people and, come in. Yeah. And, and there were people that would just come in and watch and it made people uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah. I'd really like to lock the front door. And she was like, yeah. no, it's a fire hazard. And I was like, okay, fuck you. Um, no, yeah. I, can't. I wasn't it, like, fuck you, but I was like. Well, I quit. Well, no, right. There was that couch there too that people come in and just like mm. there was one time I they finished sleeping, and somebody was just sleeping on the couch. And I'm like, oh, are yeah. you no? You're just okay. Let's deal with. Uh, you're um, responsible yeah. for. You are literally. I found out responsible for the safety of people when they come to your class, which is why you need general liability insurance. And she yeah. did not have that for instructors. You have to have your own insurance. Yeah. So it was like. Ah. It's another, um, yeah. that's another thing when you work on your own people and it's just like, God damn it. So yeah. literally the cost of general liability insurance would be between 17 and $30 a month, but she was only paying 17 to $30 yeah. per time you worked, which was like nothing compared to how much, how long it takes to build those programs. Right. Like yeah. you're not just showing up and teaching. You were spending hours before collecting music that goes with the beats that goes with the moves to to put that on so you're talking each class five hours of work for 15 to 30 dollars and you're like and i have to buy insurance on top of it oh yeah i want to talk about that because you didn't just do that you started as a you you also worked as a spray tan person in hollywood (laughs) 
<laughs> that was that was part of the spin. It was it was the Nick Nolte thing, right? The Nick Nolte thing. Inspired you. Kept it going. Hey, that's I have my screen name alive from Copper Toned Cat because it's I was always a sunshine advocate, and now I'm an adult, and I'm like, yep, it's always about the sunshine. Got to chase that sun. But you did have to spray tan people fully naked. Well, that's the day I quit. So that was the last. It was there. The studio at the time, which is unfortunately no longer there, was in Hollywood. It was called Psycholotties. I loved Bambi. She was great. And it was half like spinning, half. uh, It was right by that Bed Bath and Beyond. And yeah, 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 right there. Yeah. Oh, Sunset Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was awesome because it had the beds, it had the bikes, and then there was a little spray tan thing in the corner. And so to make some extra cash, she was like, do you want to learn how to give spray tans? I'm like, sure. Then I can take the extra stuff and spray it. Like, cool, I'll do it. Don't spray tan yourself, though. It does not work. So we're trying to do that. <laughs> it's very intimate because you're just in like a little tiny booth. And I had done, I, I actually did do that for several months. But then the first time I had a guy that wanted to be fully nude, I was like, ooh. Uh, and then you got to do the thing with the leg where you turn it in and there's your thigh and another side. And they're like, oh, his dick, like it, it just is flopping around. And like, it was just too much to be in this very enclosed. But you did thing. it. I did it. And then I came home and I was like, Eric, I saw, I was very close to another man's penis today in a spray tan situation where I saw too much. And like, the Eric's guy was nice. he, he knew I was married like I told him that, but then proceeded to be like, well, can we be friends? I think like Facebook or like get your number. And I was like, what about Spotify? So to this day, we are still Spotify friends and I'll see every once in a while what he's listening to. So they're, so they follow each other's playlists on Spotify. Yeah, That's a thing guys. We, we know. But I was but then I quit. I was like, I can't do the spray tans anymore. It's, it's too upsetting. We know when a guy whose dick she spray tanned in 2012 is listening to Uptown Funk is yeah. basically like, yep. It's, I'm never going to, I was like, you know what? That's you were doing that job while you were teaching at Rev, right? Yes. So I was yes, still because there. you came in a couple times and said, sorry, guys, there's a spray tan situation and I'm uneven and I look splotchy and I'll never oh. forget it. And I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> like, you know, I know. I, I have, I have, well, I have, I have two questions about, about this spray tan situation. Yeah. The first of which was, you know, you, you, you said when, you know, in a normal circumstances, you have to turn the leg and the body parts to make sure you get even now yeah. in a full nude situation. I assume the recipient is responsible for turning uh, his own Penis? junk. Oh no, I but, had to take it and lift it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. No, you never, we, I would never really touch. scared. You never, yes, I got to open it up and decide, um, that's oh, geez. Sorry, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> Poor Eric. Uh, you said it was rated R. So no, I didn't do any of that. You never touched <laughs> doing the t- You have them right. turn, you have them flip the arms, flip, turn, right, turn right. their foot in. So I never have to like manhandle the so to touch. speak. Yeah. Yes. Right. You're just very you're still just very close. Handle man. Can't Here's the it. other thing I didn't, I didn't that, that, okay. So I once I once did a spray tan Ooh. and I went into a booth. And you there did. was no one in that booth. This was a fully automated thing yeah, yeah. where well, like, you know, you stand like you do at the airport in the in the, yeah. in the machine that scans your body, you put your arms up right, over like your head. Like Ross did in Friends. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the machine. That was it, like Ross oh. and Friends. And it hits you on one side and then you turn around and it hits you on the other. So there was no one in there with me. Oh, you got like just the generic car wash tan. Yeah, I got the car wash tan. All right. And it was I mean, terrible. You can do so the the ones when I was when I was there, um, 
you would get more customized because a lot of people were coming in before specific photo shoots and some people were going like you remember those muscle i'm sure they still have in those building competitions where like the women who were like super yeah. we would yeah. help sculpt yeah. so there's certain ways you could like make it look like they have oh, you're like airbrushing yes so it's a spray tan and right. slightly airbrushed but i was very bad at the airbrush part of it yeah. uh and so that's why sometimes I have to practice to be like, how do I make that muscle pop? And I'm like, oh, that's the wrong way to do that huh. um, on could myself. You, in theory, you're not a makeup artist. Could you, right. in theory, give me abs? I could. They would be probably pretty bad, but I would I would at least be able to do two lines in. Would, she is giving I mean, you abs. No, I, I, I'm talking about the short, I'm talking about a shortcut. Yeah. A little Instant short. abs. Instant abs? Yeah. You've already got I think it would, I mean, it sounds like they would end up looking like they were done by a, like a Coney Island cartoon artist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would take those abs. You would, you, would look like, you would look like George Michael in Arrested Development when he puts that body suit on. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. The, uh, the pageant of the masters. Yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yes, okay. <laughs> That's right. That's it. So, Katie, we're going to get back to Eric in a second, but I just, yeah. I, I want to go down, this might be a two-part episode, but I just also want to say that um, Katie then went from spray tanning and working at um, Enterprise, which I think we should, you know, do commercials for all these people. Um, she became an accountant, uh, just randomly was like, yeah, I'm going to take a job as an accountant. Well, I think, I think we should clarify, <laughs> she, she, she became a fraud fraudulent accountant i tried you guys the thing though the important thing is you is know it because eric say, took the bankruptcy case no it like i'm here's the thing i've been like inherently bad at math like i've never it's what is it dyscalculia like i can't yes. do math and it, so it's been a joke that i've had so many jobs in accounting because like i will freeze up and my brain will just black out if somebody's like what's the tip for like this and i'm like i'm sorry i can't i can do this and this but i can't do math um, so I was at, I was working at a company this was here in Culver city. They are no longer a business. That's nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was a director's I, yeah, assistant for a movie called the revenant. I don't know if you guys have heard of the sure revenant. Not that one. Not that one. No. 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 Not the other revenant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's another one. It won a bunch of stuff in like 1999. It was before it. Not, not the Leo. No, no, it was like okay. a zombie bromance comedy, whatever. So I was on that. That was it the Leo version? Not the Leo. <laughs> what I was saying, and Katie was saying, and that she's really bad at math, and yet she kept getting jobs as an accountant. Why? Why? Well, where did that <laughs> yes. start? Yes. That's a good question. So they they wrapped the thing. The people at the company. I looked me. it up. I can't find Revenant other than Leo's movie. Wait, the, no, look at The Revenant. You really can't look no, up The Revenant. It's the only film. one that comes up. It, it won a bunch of awards. The Zombie Con. No, okay, okay. all right, whatever. Zombie oh, Revenant. When you say it, it won a, a bunch of awards, people think like no, it was people's for, choice. You're was, talking about like the Cleveland Horror. No, Festival. it was like the Vegas Horror Film Festival, or something, yeah. whatever. It, it's it was whatever. Okay, okay I'm so, gone. The award-winning film, The Revenant. Oh, here it is, 2009 horror comedy. Yes, yeah. there it is. I worked yeah. on that. It was no nothing to do with math on that either. Um, but the company that he was running the space out of to finish editing got to know me because I was in there all the time. They loved Mudge. That's when we got Mudge. And uh, they were like, look, we don't have any openings for like PAing or coordinating, but we do need help in accounting. Would you be willing to give that a shot? And I was like, sure, like, let's try. And maybe it's years have passed 
maybe I've gotten better at math and then um, proceeded to just be awful, terrible. Because well, that's how terrible. that works. If you if well, you're was, bad at something main... and then you don't do it for five or six years, sometimes you just get good at it. I'm not a good QuickBooks. Just for no reason. You say this sarcastically, but I actually often find that if I step away from something, maybe you know, maybe not something I'm bad at, but something if you're hitting a wall and yeah. you know, you just need to step away for a while, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe five minutes, maybe five years. You yeah. come back and all of a sudden you've got the gift. Sure, but I'm, I'm going to go further okay. with this. Math is a skill that is learned. And if you haven't learned it, then when you step away from something that you know how to do already and come back to it, yes, you can pick that back up. Like writing is a skill that you've learned. If you're yeah. good at writing and you take five years off, I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to be like, let's get back into it. If you've played guitar and haven't played for two years, it's a skill. I'm going to be like, oh, you knew how to play? Yeah. And your fingers are going to find it. It's going to just take a while. Same with piano. Math, if your ass <laughs> wasn't ever good at it, you can't just come back and be like, now I know the uh, equation for M equals E equals MC squared. Like, whatever. I think you're I was, I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> yeah. I would hope, I just, truly, just, like, if I put my heart and soul into it and really look at these numbers and crunch them, I'll understand that the crunching the numbers like, the number crunching but there's yeah. a but there's a there's a there's a button for it mm-hmm. you gotta push you the, crunch, the crunch yeah press the button yeah. The, the crunch button yep. the crunch button yeah <laughs> it's it, so that spanned into me just screwing up everything for for just trying and then i did they yell that. at you uh they were actually so nice like <laughs> i kept asking nothing. for well i kept asking for a raise i had been there like i lived there for like two years as i was trying to teach span and be like but this isn't a fit and they kept like kindly being like no and then finally they're like yeah like you should be way better at this we cannot give you a raise we really like you but this is not and i'm like you know what you're right bye and then started doing psych started teaching spin and then was still go- doing and bringing a production stuff that led to me getting another accounting job that like somebody heard, like I had done accounting and they're like, we need help. And I'm like, I'll try again, screwed up that. And then um, went to another, like a, a spin client. And it was just a horrible person, uh, did books for her. And then was was actively like, please, no, I don't want to do accounting. And she was like, no, you'll be great. It's just like organizing. I'm like, no, please, I, I shouldn't. I'm really trying to do fitness. And she was like, no, 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 it'll be easy. So did that. And that was a mess. Like I actually got yelled at doing, um, opening mail too loudly, typing too loudly. She was a crazy person. But it's it's kind of one of those fool me ones. So she was very mean. She kicked me out and then shame on me things but, I told but her by the was. by the third time she was telling people hey i can't i can't add numbers together and they're like well you'll be great at accounting just come work for yeah. us Jeez, and so I, at a certain point like it's not really even her fault anymore no certainly no. not people just wanted you around because of your personality and you're like well i'm you can pay me just to sit yeah. and talk to you can't, yeah, can't give you happy. a raise we need that money to pay someone to fix your work right i don't want to do this either were you, so i forget and neglect to ask this often lately but were you getting benefits from any of these jobs? Is this why you like would cling to them at all? Was there like healthcare or 401k or? Oh, no. no this no. is all like, no, no. The, yeah, like this. I don't even know why. I just wanted to make them happy. And they asked me to do a thing. And so I tried to do a thing. I don't know. I, 
Well, this was also before really she was thinking of fitness as a career. So that it was kind of like it was half something she taught and half something she she took mm-hmm. to just, you know, feel good. Uh, so, feeling good so she, out didn't, yeah. she didn't really consider fitness like a, a well, career option to... at the time. So it was like, oh, I'm an accountant who sometimes teaches fitness. And then when it became clear that she was not an accountant, then (laughs) it also kept, it was also with production for the most part. So I was hoping that being around would then lead me into like, oh, I can be a coordinator and then I'm here. And it just, that never happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, all this sucks. Let me just be a fitness teacher now. And And so people know you were doing things behind the scenes in production in Ohio. Yes. Yeah. And you were, that was, yeah. I did, I was a radio DJ for a really long time at an indie alternative rock station, which is, was CD 101 at the time in Columbus. Now it's CD 102.5, but that was awesome. Still CD, still CD. Oh, still CD, yeah. I got a a lot of cool, got to meet a lot of cool bands and like the pay was terrible, but I learned a lot about editing and music. And and then I did, um, I was uh, on staff for, Mills James, which did the Ohio Lottery show. And so that like I had really cool production jobs there. And then you did the Detroit Lottery, right? You did? Well, so I worked in um, so well, back up. I'm gonna use a Katie phrase. I'm gonna cut a long story short, but first I gotta start the story, which is um I my father in college, I was getting double degree in theater and um, telecommunications, which is video, radio and audio, uh, whatever, editing and everything. So I took a couple law classes, too. But my dad wrote me a letter my freshman year and I was in like advanced poli sci classes because my dad was like, "Um, Jamie, you know what a lawyer is? It's an actor. So just get, you know, just become a trial lawyer. And so like he was really forcing me into the law route. And instead, I was like, I'll do journalism journalism and theater that's and he's like fine um so I worked I interned first at ABC News Detroit and then I went to when I graduated NBC News Detroit and um it was tough it was really tough and they don't pay you you get eight bucks an hour no benefits you're working 60 hours a week and I had to have a second job which I got as a makeup artist because of theater so I was like I can do this at Macy's um and then so I was like no I'm gonna move to California I was 22 and I was like, I'm just going to go. And my producer called me and she's like, don't go. I can't lose you. You're so good. I'm going to get you the lottery show. Do you want to produce the lottery show? It'll be yours. It's part-time, but it pays more. And you know, I'll get you the lottery show. And I was like, okay. And then she called me back. She's like, okay, I got you the lottery show. And I was like, I'm going to move to California tomorrow. And I literally (laughs) didn't go back in put, you know, big ass TV in my car, a sleeping bag over it and a suitcase of clothes and just left and moved to California. You made the right decision. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy because I worked at Starbucks and had to clean poop up off the floor when I was offered the lottery show. It's like, ah, the lottery show. There's its own lottery show. show. Like there's there's its own lottery shows. There's a lot. I mean, that's great. The lottery shows are great and doing that's great, but I feel like, yeah, you definitely needed to leave. Yeah. try something new before being like because you can I don't know I always think about like we could always go back well we can't always go back to all the places because half of them are no longer around but just keep on trying new things until you find something that fits and then when something doesn't fit anymore so but when you say try new things until something fits and Eric describes you as an accountant that did fitness I know you as a gymnast and a soccer player and somebody who was always a fitness person so for me it just feels like 
that has always been your trajectory, but it wasn't. So what was your trajectory? It wasn't to be an accountant, but somebody said, be an accountant. And you're like, okay. oh God. Yeah, no, accountant would be like the last thing I would rather. Oh goodness. But, but it just, those things kept landing. And I'm like, well, maybe yeah. there's this reason people keep asking me to do this. And there's some deeper, there wasn't, it was just, I don't know, lots of books around. But you, you wanted to be in production. Oh yeah. At the time. And now I realize that's also its own beast of, sadness and about to strike yeah, yeah and that and that's there's so much that goes along with it that now did you did you inspire eric is that why you know you were an english major and you guys met in college but did you think like when you were an english major were you thinking professor english high school teacher were you thinking writer were you thinking hollywood i was also thinking journalism okay uh, yeah but i you know like i in, in in Ohio, you know, like I was thinking the type of journalism that really doesn't like exist, like just just oh, I'll just only write features and long reads about topics that interest me. Like I won't take assignments from an editor. I wasn't thinking realistically. <laughs> well, it about does journalism. exist if you're, you know, Woody Allen status yeah. or like right. Ronan staff writer at the new yorker pharaoh exactly. or something yeah, exactly. right you can get there yeah. you're young I was, like, I was like yeah i'll just do that right uh and then yeah ohio just kind of has a way of being like no you won't don't don't <laughs> right. don't try that no, just uh, michigan too they they put the ceiling on you and they go this is where you live in ohio and michigan the rest of the world can go here but not you right. you stay down here yeah. And it's cra- it's crazy because I don't I don't ever remember anyone saying that to me out loud, but it's just growing up in those places. It's like you look around and you're like, well, the people who do what I want to do live somewhere else. Yep. And for, for whatever reason, as a young adult or a teenager, your thought process isn't, oh, I should go where those people are. Your thought process is, oh, I'll just give up on that dream and stay here. Yeah. Uh, so that's how you end up becoming a lawyer that's a super <laughs> midwestern um outlook which is why my yeah. therapist thinks i'm crazy because she's like how did you escape she's like i've just never met anybody who just left that and i was like i was delusional i just you know i yeah you you just go either i die in misery right. or i just leave and figure it yeah, out yeah. i barely yeah. i black out most of leaving which is crazy but that is a thing that i don't know about you guys but that was a thing that yeah. happened like I can recite to Jason a lot of the story, but the year that that after I left, that whole year of like talking to my family and them mm-hmm. saying you need to come home and like living mm-hmm. in my car sometimes because I had no money, like yeah. it's really strange. Like I've blacked a lot of it out. Not that yeah. anything bad happened, but it's just so stressful, right? Oh, oh yeah. There are blurps and bl- like you, well, so we moved out here, not for me to take any production job or accounting. It was his aunt has a firm and it was that snowmageddon winter in Pittsburgh where I was like washing cars and enterprise and high heels and almost slipping. Cause the, it, like we had to wash them outside when it was God. 20 degrees below zero. I'm like, this is not okay. All the roads were shut down trying to deliver cars. And you were like, I am having panic attacks trying to go to this law job. And his aunt was like, well, the interned out here. If you want to move across the country, there's a spot at the firm. And I was like, you like kind of even said it, I think jokingly. And I was like, yes, yes. My bags will be packed tomorrow. I need to leave this because this is a nightmare and anything would be better than so. That, that, I mean, the fact that you basically doubled down on giving up on your dreams and, and then, and, and in so doing, went out to California and discovered 
other stuff. There's other, other stuff. stuff. Yeah. It's fitness. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Fitness is a yeah. thing. It's like, I, cool. We, I really backed into it because I, yeah, it was not, we did do the thing where that, that you described, Jamie, where we throw all of our shit into the back of a yeah. car and drove across. It was two cars. We caravanned it. Yeah. Um, but we didn't do it because we were like leaving behind the the, the stifling jobs. We did it so I could take another stifling, stifling job. job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that was um, at your aunt's law firm or at a law firm she works at or something? No. So it's she it's hers. She founded okay. it, but she's she's like my dad's cousin. We call her my aunt because yeah, that, just it's just sense. way easier. Yeah. And we look, we she has red hair and we look similar enough. It's not worth getting into with with right. most people. Um, but actually, yeah, the third she, cousin once removed, Rosie like, nah, just that's our aunt. It's fine. She uh, she was a big deal, is a big deal in special education law in California, and I didn't really realize how big of a deal until I got out here. Uh, but yeah, no, she what she actually said. We were sitting, we were sitting at her mother's funeral. And I hadn't spoken to her for like two years, and she was like, "If you can pass the California bar." in one shot I'll give you a job wow and I didn't no right right. and then we moved out here with that still being the arrangement so So we might have to move back in August 2010 to February 2011 when I took the test it was all just kind of like well we might end up packing up all our shit and driving back to Pittsburgh if I don't pass this bar exam um, I found out later that she didn't pass it on the first try, so that was a little bit of a, <laughs> a little not not quite of a fair offer. But she showed on Monday. I love them so much. Don't you love them so much? I really do, and I'm so glad you do too because that was just the first half. Ah, it's so great. So next week, everyone can tune back in for the rest of our conversation with Katie Horning and Eric Sams.